I'm Naomi, and this is the Sleepy House Healing Podcast. Hey, just a little note before you get into this episode and this reading. I do talk about abuse, no graphic details. Um, I didn't really expect to talk about that, but it came up. And um, yeah, just take good care of yourself. Like this was not like a super positive, shiny, sparkly episode. I talk about some real shit. However, I do think it is a, a an important one. It's one I'm, you know, not unhappy with, but just take exquisite care of yourself. Don't listen if you don't want to hear about those themes. Okay, bye. Hello, my friends. It's me, Naomi, of course, coming to you from my bed. Um, Welcome to October. <laughs> I guess, <coughs> excuse me, It's uh, it's been October, but this month always sneaks up on me. I get excited for October and then I realize, wait, a lot happens in October. And I typically get in this mode of like, whether from my own work or working somewhere or just with my family's needs, like there always ends up being this tension between here's all these things that I want to do or I need to get done or there's this sense of urgency around a bunch of tasks and um, it's like the last thing that I actually want to do. What I really want to do is to slow down with the season change. I want to uh, get stiller and I want to get quieter and I want to watch the entire um, Six Feet Under uh, series again. And actually I am doing that because I do that every year no matter what, um, at least after my kid goes to bed. Um, sometimes I'll continue doing some work tasks and I will have that playing. And uh, I did have to skip one episode though. <laughs> Because I, I remembered uh, every year almost I've accidentally watched it. And um, it's one that I just, it's okay. I don't need new insights from that specific episode. Uh, not at this juncture. Anyway, so we have the purpose of me making this uh, episode is that we have an Aries full moon on the 9th coming up Sunday. Yeah. Um, the hunter's moon. And I do feel that way. It's like, I feel like I am on the hunt. Um, (laughs) though I think it may also be related to the concept of the wild hunt. So when spirits, um, roam the earth, you know, I, I'll say what I say quite often, which is that the veil is always thin. If you are sensitive, if you, have a relationship with uh your de- your own dead <laughs> not your own cuz it's not that you own them but uh we sort of belong to our dead honestly is how i see it but yeah if you if you keep that relationship with your ancestors and you feed them and you tend to them and you have um i have a daily practice for ancestral reverence i notice when i uh, neglect it. I feel worse. And I don't think that's necessarily their doing. I think it's part of it is like taking care of a part of myself, you know, and I don't mean that in a 
self-centered, like narcissistic way, just that we are inextricably linked, right? Like they're in me, they're in my bones, they're in the earth, they are from this land that I'm on and in the earth here. Um, And I'm inhabiting these spaces, right? But even if you don't live where you grew up or where your people are mostly from, um, yeah, it's in your blood and in your DNA. But it's also the case that if you are adopted or if you don't have DNA relatives um, around you, that uh, even just the the knowing of someone else because I use the word ancestor maybe differently than others I I also see the people that I knew in this lifetime um who've passed as ancestors so some people really stick with like no ancestors were gone before you were born off the plane you know they were already dead and I respect that way of looking at it but um you know I I talk to the people that I had a relationship with in life and first and I find that they're an amazing entry point you know um and talking to your living elders can also be helpful here um and sort of yeah clear a path for for connection to to more so sharing stories listening music food any activity that they would recognize is, uh, I really see it as part of that honoring process. So, um, I might've shared it here on this podcast before in some other episode. I don't know, but my Nana is getting up there she's getting older and, um, I could cry thinking about it, you know, like we're, so close. <laughs> she raised me um and I just love her so much and I'm I'm really trying not to um like start mourning her while she's still here. But <laughs> we've had the conversation of like, you know, when she passes away, we're still going to talk. Like she has said that and <sighs> it's just exactly what I need from her because she's my person. (laughs) She's my person. Um, yeah. So October is always just, you know, I forget like how much happens in October. There's so many birthdays. There's so many deaths and actually, you know, there's trauma anniversaries, uh, in October. And it's like, there's this part of me that's like, okay, well, it's been long enough. You've done enough work. Like you don't have to like think about it on those days. And there are some years where I, it sort of slips by and I don't think about it, but if it comes up and I, I'm not going to pretend like I don't remember that that happened, you know? So mm, October, it's like, I want to love this month, but every year it's like, such a learning experience like it's not it's not usually like what I really want it to be or what I even feel like I need it to be you know um 
my granny, so my dad's mom, passed away on Halloween in 2017. And I know I'm not great with dates normally, but I know that one because it was Halloween and we were in Oregon. Um, We had just had Lewin, my son. He was actually my whole family. We were all dressed as gnomes. And I um, had just been struggling already with my mental health and had, I got put on, um, was it, maybe it was Lexapro or something. It was an SSRI that really fucked with me. Um, so I heard my granny died and I had a lot of feelings about that because I wasn't even there. Um, I felt guilty about it and I just, you know, um, and I just remember I had this, like, a what is it called? It was like a stationary bike (laughs) and I had my nomad on that I had crocheted. And my kiddo and my husband were so cute as gnomes. But yeah, I was just cycling for my life. Like I had never felt so just out of my mind, honestly. It was a terrible time. And um, yeah, and that's just one piece of October for me. So (laughs) sorry for the, the dump. Woo, I didn't even expect to go there. I didn't even expect to do all that. Um, I love how I turned my deck over because I do plan to do a reading and it's the tower. (laughs) It is the tower. Love that. Um, yeah, I'm using the apparition tarot from Mary Kay Evans or no. Yeah. Mary Evans. Sorry. Sometimes I think of Mary Kay Greer and any other Mary. I, for some reason I just put the K even though I don't think Mary Evans has a K in the middle, but anyway, um, there's like this big picture frame. It's framing like a pile, some sort of pile of rubble. And then there is like a tower, a house of cards and a, and a match being held up to it. And, you know, this is one of those times where it's like, dang, you know, I really, I'm not going to, um, dilute the tower for us just cause I'm, already feeling a lot of anxiety, (laughs) but yeah, this is one of those times where I'm like, okay, tower, like, you know, there's like an element here of surrender because I don't think that whatever this is talking about is really avoidable. It's sort of built into this time. Like some shit has to give, something will probably fall apart. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm really, trying not to, but I do worry about the wider world, you know? I'm not sure that this is an individual pull, or maybe it is, but I kind of get the sense that it's, you know, uh, not that I want to live in the news cycle, because I really try to, you know, have a healthy relationship with news and protect my peace a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on in our world <laughs> that our country is involved in where I'm like, uh, nuclear war? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't want to make predictions. I don't think they're u- really useful a lot of times, but 
Mm, okay. Underneath the tower, we have the Nine of Swords reversed. And uh, this is... Yeah, okay. So the Nine of Swords, I think of as like when we see the pattern and we we see a destructive pattern or a, um, our role in a cycle. And so usually I see this card and I'm like, okay, like I, yeah, I do see the pattern. Like I do see what's happening, but as a reversal, I sort of don't, you know, like, I don't know. What is it that I could be doing? What is it that collectively we're doing? That's like, running us into the ground, you know, it's so much energy, I think, to even think about it sometimes, because it's like, I have urgent tasks, you know, and the way that we look at time, on one level, it's a choice, but at the same time, like, there's external forces that just, you know, a lot of us work uh, nine to five, or they, you know, whatever you, maybe you work weekends, but your schedule a lot of times is not up to us. Our schedules are not up to us. And so it's like everything in me wants October to be this other way. Um, but it it simply isn't, you know, and it hasn't, that actually has nothing to do with schedules and everything to do with like, okay, our bodies and the earth, um, at least in this hemisphere, they want, they need rest, right? But there's these other demands. Maybe that, maybe that's part of, let me just ask, like, what do we need to see? What's, what is the, the deal here? (laughs) What are we possibly missing that can help guide us through this time? Hmm. I cried a little bit, but I honestly just have a stuffy nose. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, my friends. Oh, interesting. So we have eight of swords reversed. So it's like, okay, okay, okay. I get it, I think. Um, at least a part of it. And maybe maybe eight of swords and nine of swords mean something different to you. Um, I think the tower, most people pretty much agree. It's uh, something's getting cleared. Whether we like want it to be or not. A lot of times we don't want it to be, and that's why it's upsetting. You know, we're not just choosing to walk away um, of our own volition, like getting rid of something. Um, Eight of Swords, especially in that reversal, to me is saying, okay, are you sure? Like, just check for signs that you have slipped back into victim mode or that you're feeling sorry for yourself or that you think you're powerless when you're not (laughs) because that's really what I'm getting and and that's you know this version of the card also has two eyes on it like the nine of swords um but (laughs) excuse me um but a lot of versions of this card Eight of Swords has a person, usually like a woman with a red dress on, and she's tied up and there's swords all around and um, with a a blindfold on. And it seems like she can't move. Um, But to me, those ribbons or those ties have always looked kind of flimsy. And like, 
Actually, she doesn't know it. She doesn't have the awareness that she can probably move and safely get away or do something different. So I see the Eight of Swords often as like, okay, lack of choice or at least the perception that you don't have other avenues, other, you know, moves that you can make to free yourself. And so, yeah, I'm going to be thinking about this for a while because I... uh recently, I guess, like earlier this year, I I realized like, oh shit, I am in victim mode. And not only that, I was in community with many people who also felt very comfortable and at home in victim mode. And, you know, this being the month that's like literally a genuine trauma anniversary where, you know, that's not a choice. We It's not a choice when uh we get traumatized or uh hurt you know that's not a choice and there may be like years for me it's like years of like I don't know how to actually deal with this and I don't want to (laughs) because it's not fun and it seems like it's not really going anywhere. I just felt like I was alienating people that I was around, you know, by talking about it. So maybe there is a sense that some of it's buried, but at the same time, a lot of these things I've talked about so much and I'm just like, okay, well, at what point does it stop being, you know, cause like I said, not every year is it like a big thing that comes up, but like, when does it stop being like a button you know that somebody could push like where does it stop being this marker in my mind um where that day is always like just bullshit you know um yeah I don't know I don't know if it will stop being that you know and and maybe that is another way that I'm trying to stay safe and cope and like push it down or like push it away or like not really deal with it or not like sit with it which yeah I just I get sometimes really wrapped up in the unfairness of it all but it's like yeah well it's not really about that (laughs) it's not about fairness you know it's been uh more than 10 years now yeah it's been like a decade so sucks but it sucks I guess that's that's part of it you know um it's not for me at least it's not the event itself as much as like I lost friends I lost community and I felt because I maybe I didn't handle it properly but it's like well how are you supposed to handle your trauma um actively being traumatized if you've let me say this okay if you've ever been online while being uh, you know, going through a traumatic experience, um, yeah, you, you've probably lost some people, right? And that really fucking hurts. Um, you know, my behavior probably fucking sucked. I'm not denying that. Um, but it's also like, I don't know, what, what are you supposed to do? You know, I, um, I reached out to, like my best friends and they, I didn't feel, I felt like they just didn't believe me. They're like, yeah, well, I'm going to still hang out with this person because, um, 
that wouldn't happen to me or like I'm not that kind of girl or yeah I'll still go hiking with somebody that uh you know is completely not safe um and I say all of this after being like you know going through this totally new door of I don't really think we should throw abusers away I don't think Um, I don't want to be around them, obviously. I want people to be safe. But I don't think that ostracizing them really protects community because it makes them go to another community. And I just, I don't know. Like, I think all of that can be true. And I'm mad as hell. (laughs) Like, now that I'm sitting with this and, and thinking about it, it's like, I'm still mad as hell that um I just wasn't supported like at all and I think too the news cycle because what we do in America instead of focusing on uh you know the threat of nuclear war nuke nuclear did I do the George Bush thing nuclear nuclear I don't know um (laughs) what we do instead of focusing on you know world issues or you know maybe how we could uh collectively heal anything we focus on celebrity news and gossip and unfortunately domestic violence uh cases are highlighted in the news and then it's crazy I mean we just see like this whole sea of people agreeing with the accused right agreeing with like the thing that's coming up right now and I never got involved with the Amber Heard stuff Amber Heard and Johnny Depp stuff because to me it was like very much like whoa this is um I don't know what the truth is at first because everyone it was really pushing the Johnny Depp is a victim narrative and then and then that flipped but all of it to me was just like whoa whatever the case this is all very sensitive and it's none of my business right and now Angelina Jolie I I see this because I'm on Twitter and it's shoved in my fucking face. Um, But Angelina Jolie and her kids, uh, from what what I've read, um, were abused by Brad Pitt, who's a very famous and talented movie star. Let's just be honest. Like, I, I think it's weird how when we find out somebody that we all know is an abuser... That some people have to pretend to like the person's not talented or the person, you know, isn't um, whatever, uh, an artist or something. It's like, no, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that that redeems them. It does not. Um, but beautiful people can be abusive. Um, very talented people can be abusive. I, People who've been abused can be abusive. And... Um, I think we collectively kind of need to realize, too, that it's like doing something abusive with a lack of awareness. I just don't think that we have to throw people away. But at the same time, that is it's really hard to hold that up when uh, survivors are treated like fucking liars at every turn. I just don't understand it, you know? I I think there it's not even about a middle ground. I think it's about looking at reality. What is actually uh reproducibly like healing? Like what is actually helpful? 
you know i i don't think it's i don't think it has to be this this or that sort of approach you know it's like i'm just i'm just thinking of this because i don't think that it is a contradiction for me to say i don't think you know i'm an abolitionist i don't think that people being locked up with the three the key thrown away is really it really helps i mean there may be a small sliver of people who are truly not um able to be rehabilitated and obviously i want to keep people safe first i hope that's pretty clear just as somebody who's been through some shit and witnessed some shit and honestly who's done some stupid shit you know um in that state of major pain (laughs) oh my gosh i'm thinking of the movie major pain now (laughs) um anyway if you're old enough you know what i'm talking about it's so silly but um yeah so in the throes of like being traumatized yourself you know i definitely did harm you know it was like this perpetual walk of shame where you know i've been a little shit myself not I haven't assaulted anyone like obviously I mean maybe I shouldn't say obviously because that's the thing it's like it's not obvious you can't look at someone and know that but um survivors can do harm too and I think it's very weird to not just weird but it's like very (sighs) counterproductive I guess to act like we can't to act like we're just innocent no matter what we do. I think it's infantilizing and I just don't like it. And at the same time, I think we should have some real fucking support. <laughs> so anyway, I just went on this whole personal tangent. But, you know, I think I'll put a disclaimer before I release this one because I do allude to trauma but um and talk about it in a non not graphic way but yeah so the two cards that I pulled to sort of remedy this to get us through page of wands and the hermit and the page of wands has a candle on it it almost looks like it's on like an altar with flowers around and there's even um There's even these little, like, clover. I think there's, like, a sense of luck here. And it looks like almost that same candle is represented in the Hermit. The Hermit card in this deck, it's like this little cabinet with ears and arms and legs and a fish and a butterfly. Okay. And inside the cabinet, there is a candle as well. And so what I'm seeing here, it's like, okay, you, the, the assignment here, (laughs) the medicine and the assignment here is becoming your own light, like, like finding yourself, your inner light and beginning, right? Beginning this process of generating your own power. And, and hermit is truly what I feel like I want to do all the time. However, <laughs> uh, I think I mentioned uh, maybe about 15 times I have a new job and 
part of my job is being social. Part of my job is talking to people. I talk to 20 or 30 people a day if I'm doing a, you know, my job right. <laughs> um yeah, public relations. We I have to make friends. I have to you know, I'm not good at pretending to be to be interested in other people's stuff. And so what I do is I become genuinely interested, right? I become genuinely interested in other people's uh, work. And, and I, I like to hear them talk about themselves. And I want to form real relationships and not just, oh, here, will you do me these favors? Will you get the word out about this? It's like, no, I actually want. And I think a lot of people in my sort of role they want genuine connections, you know, they want to be able to have, you know, varying degrees of a working relationship where you really, it's mutually beneficial. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reciprocal. Yeah. And that to me can exist. It can exist with the hermit. But what I'm sort of getting here too is that like I have to and and maybe this is a message for you as well. It's like okay, but you have to have some boundaries around when it's time to stop. When is it time like that it is your time to chill? Because that I think may be related as well to this tower card of like you know, tower card could be burnout. It could be like saying something fucked up because you're strung out and tired and you know and that has happened to me before where I get so busy and I have talked to so many people and I get so worn out that then I will be communicating with someone this has not happened in this job (laughs) but just back when I was you know doing this working for myself excuse me exclusively um yeah, I would say something sort of flippant, not on purpose, but out of exhaustion. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, then that person, they think that's really how I feel about them, or they think that I really don't care about them, which is the opposite of true. I care very much. I care so much that I run myself into the ground sometimes. And then, you know, it doesn't achieve my goals. And uh, there's shame attached, which it's like, do I need more of that? I don't. So I'm kind of getting that sense here that like the hermit is about being a self-generating light in the world and to, yeah, I think there's some reclamation here for like, what, what are my desires? What is my inner world like? I need to do some investigating and being still and being quiet and like, you know, when because the nature of the work that I do now is never fully finished. Uh, I could just, I could just do it 24 seven, especially when my kid isn't home. I'm just, I could do it. I do it more than I'm really supposed to because I want to get things done and I want results, you know, but as I build connections, I, I, this is the potentially untrue thing that I keep telling myself, which is that as I build connections, maybe I won't need to be working so hard. But I know myself. I am goat as fuck, Capricorn. And I will just work myself into, you know, into a very bad place. And so I just, I have to remember that, like, 
I, I want to work sustainably, actually. I can't just keep going past my point of uh, exhaustion, you know? I'm going to pull a card for what is to come. What is to come? I just don't... This is the part that's tough sometimes, being a reader. It's like I really want to give us something that's like positive. <laughs> and it's just not like that. It's just not always like that. And I don't want to lie. I'll never lie to y'all. I just don't think it's helpful, you know? I don't want to lie to myself. I just think that that's... I don't know. There's this part of me that says that is the weakest thing to do, is to deny yourself your truths. Okay, here's what we can look forward to. So we're also coming up into eclipse season. Ugh, Lord of mercy, I don't want to do that. But at the same time, I do. I have to. We all have to. So why I, I realize sometimes internally I start resisting these unchangeable things in my reality and that never leads to anything generative like it's just there's this it adds more layers of yeah tension resistance okay the hermit or sorry not the hermit we just talked about him the hierophant the page of swords reversed five of cups and the chariot and yeah i'm feeling it i'm feeling it (laughs) That's the words, right? I do. We have to feel it. We have to be in it. Five of cups. Uh, weep. Cry your tears. Feel the feelings. Um, I don't like when people say, oh, five of cups. You don't even notice the good things you have because you're so focused on your spilled cups. And I have to say, um, no, that is not how I experience this card. That is not what I think is being shown personally. We are well aware of our full cups. I think a lot of people in grief and in that state of needing to cry or release, we know that there's good things in our life. We know. If we didn't know that, we probably wouldn't feel bad about it. I think that is actually sort of a barrier for a lot of people of like, oh, but I have I have it so good. There's other people that have it worse. And of course there are, you know. But... Other people having it worse is not a good reason to deny yourself feeling the feelings. You don't have to tell everybody about it, like me, with my Leo moon, showing everybody my inner workings and my guts. Um, yeah, let yourself have that delicious, painful grief. Um, it's just, it's the only way to really process you know it's five of cups says feel it you have to feel it to release it uh, and it actually be released and it and it's a process you're not just done a lot of times and that's the part that I think is frustrating because it's like this very material part of me says like okay I want to hit the goal I want to release it I want to you know like let me quantify this and it's just not it's just not how it works. It's not useful, you know, to have a tally mark of how many tears you've shed. I don't think it is. Um, if there's an artistic way you could do that and it feels good for you and it feels like cathartic, great. You know, a quilt with a little patch for every time you have a mental breakdown. I would love that. I would look at that in a museum. Um, 
Okay, coming back to Page of Swords Reverse. I just get that sense with communication. It's like we're just going to have to learn how to do it and also not let our mind get in our way, right? Um, We want to collaborate with our mind. It's the filter that so much of our shit comes through, right? Like so much of our genius, it, it goes through the mind, it may start somewhere else. Um, intuition is not really of the mind, but it also is. And yeah, just I think with this page of swords reversed, it's like you're not actually going backward, but it's it feels that way maybe. Just have some patience with yourself. Um, and don't, yeah. I I, I think the, the thing I said earlier too, that tension of like, putting a lot of energy towards resistance or like, oh no, I don't know the answer to this. So I'm going to get up like worked up and scramble for the answer. It's not really helpful. Okay. Just take a breath. Remember your breath is always available and you have the capacity. It's like just a matter of, it's just a matter of patience. Honestly, like that's what I'm hearing maybe for myself or for y'all. Um, Sometimes it's both where it's like, okay, be patient. It's just hard to be patient when you want to get things done. And it feels like I'm just, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like this season I'm just moving in molasses. Like I don't feel like I'm getting a lot of um, things done in a way that's like satisfying, right? Um, So we have the Hierophant here. Which I love this version of the card because it has little eyes coming out of the earth. There's this scroll coming down from heaven full of stars. And there's eyes in the clouds and in the sky. And I just see, this is ancestors. (laughs) It's funny because I started this talk, this episode with ancestors. And here they are again. Like, yes, we're here, we're here, we're here. We're in the land, we're in the sky, we're, you know, in your stars um and I just I think this is a good time to say that like ancestral work anyone and everyone I believe should do it and um I know there's a tweet like every couple months that's like how do white people do ancestor work well the whole thing is whiteness is a harmful shitty concept that was created by white supremacists, right? And um, it is a construct that affects all of us, right? It's, um, I I don't think it really makes sense for me to, I do want to resist uh, whiteness and like actually looking into your family history is great. I'm, but the thing is, I'm not trying to pretend like I don't have ancestors who were fucked up and did evil deeds, okay? Um, Every single person on this planet has an ancestor who did something abusive. Um, sorry to say that. Uh, if you thought your ancestors are all innocent and good, um, it's just statistically not possible. But for white people in America, that is much closer, right? Like some of us can actually look in our lineage and, and see like, oh, I I see the name, right? Like there's that. So my advice here, I'm not saying invite these ancestors who did 
atrocities in life to tea. I'm not saying just like you're not going to invite anybody that just everybody you're related to into your house, right? You need to have energetic boundaries. And I don't think it's very productive to only work with ancestors who are good or that we perceive as good or well, as we say. So I say, this is why I really recommend working with people who have died that you know that you had a good relationship with and lived a life in, in, in their integrity, okay? That is a good place to start. And beyond that, I just don't think it's productive to pretend like those bad, quote unquote, those bad ancestors don't exist or that, you know, I'm not saying, again, it's not safe to work work with every single one of your ancestors, most likely. And the way that I do it or the way that I recommend people start is like, okay, um, you know, building your, your ancestral altar and, and just saying a prayer of like, I welcome in all my ancestors who want the best for me, who have my best interest at heart. And you may have some quote unquote problematic ancestors that flow in, but the point is, and what I believe is that on the other side, whatever that other side is, it's really just right here on top of this, this reality in my opinion, but um, they're able to keep doing their work right? When you die, it is a transformation. You lose your body, but I don't believe that they just stop and that they're frozen in whatever situation they were in when they died. I just don't believe that from, from everything I've observed and and listened to. And, you know, I can't know obviously, but, uh, people don't stay the same. Uh, I, where was it? Maybe on Instagram, I saw someone say that they don't believe in toxic people because when we call someone toxic, we are freezing them in a specific behavior that we don't necessarily know that they're still doing. But I feel like at the same time, and again, this is one of those things where it's like, I have so much resistance to that idea because I've experienced, you know, uh, horrible things and I've done shitty things where I, I don't think I need to, we all need to feel like our shitty behavior is like a life sentence. However, there are some people where it's like a repeatable thing where it's like, no, they literally abuse people. Like, you think about like serial killers I, and that's another craze that I just don't really relate to. I used to listen to my favorite my favorite murder and then it just got too casual and it got too or maybe it always was and I just didn't notice but I just couldn't handle that show anymore or the community. Um, it was just people were really not thinking about the fact that another person's life was taken, you know, it's like, it was just too, too much entertainment value for me. I didn't like that, but yeah. So, so I think about some extremely harmful people and it's hard for me to say, okay, no one's toxic, but at the same time, I do think if we believe that we are irredeemably bad, it's almost like a permission slip, you know? So I don't know. This is just something I'm thinking about in relation to that. 
Um, and I could talk for many hours about toxic ancestors, toxic living family, and how how you can know someone who ideologically is not great, <laughs> but then in community they don't necessarily treat you or other people bad. And I guess there's this part of me that's like wonders, okay, do is it the is it substance or is it performance? What is it? You know, like have you ever met someone like that though where it's like, okay, I've seen their insane, horrible, rancid takes on Twitter and then but I also know them one-on-one and they're very kind. <laughs> Um, anyway, moving on. This is just something I'm thinking about at the moment. Um, okay. The chariot. And this to me is like a shining light for this full moon. The chariot is related to the moon and, um, it's related to cancer and it's the ending of a cycle. And I really feel that there's this ending of a cycle happening maybe for all of us definitely for me and my family um and then that means there's this beginning of a new one there's this openness right and I think this card the chariot coming right after you know we began this reading with the tower we're ending with the chariot it's like we're moving on we're not even necessarily rebuilding what's falling we are just straight up Not in an escapist way, hopefully, right? We're not trying to escape the feelings. We're going to be in them, five of cups. But moving on to where we're actually needed, wanted, valued, where we can work better, where the environment makes fucking sense. And in this version of the card, it's like lightning, two horses, two people on horses, and one person that's like, coming behind that does isn't on a horse and they all have these halos on which kind of look like understanding they look like oh um yeah moving through this next cycle with awareness that we did not have before and for me it really I do think that unweaving my relationship to victim mode is that you know it's like I have this awareness I can see lots of nuance. I understand that my analysis is not complete. And yet, I am not trapped. I really did for so long feel really trapped in this narrative of like, I can't do anything and I feel helpless. And I think many people are trapped in that or feel trapped in that. So if you're listening, you're not stuck. You're not stuck, even with tower here, even with, you know, all these hallmarks of stuckness or or fear or shame or whatever. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. When I was putting my cards away, justice came up. And justice has been on my mind anyway. It's Libra season. It's, you know, there's a lot of major arcana cards in this reading. So just if you're feeling heavy, if you're feeling like it's a lot internally or externally yeah uh that's here it's in the cards it's heavy it's heavy you don't have to carry it alone um but definitely feel it right don't deny yourself the feelings um 
And yes, I think not everybody's ready. This is the last thing I'll say about victim mode because I don't think the first three times I heard about it, I was ready to like investigate if I was unconsciously doing that and or in that mode. Um, it felt to me like a right wing talking point. It felt to me like something you would say to someone you have no sympathy for. But, um, yeah, now (laughs) I'm at this point where it's like, uh, the places that used to trigger me and maybe still sometimes trigger me are open doors for me now. So, can have your feelings you must have your feelings um and at the same time yeah look at what opens the door what is behind the resistance what is behind the uh feeling of injustice or the genuine injustice it's not always a feeling it's sometimes that's just you know how it is Okay, I love you. I hope you have a wonderful Aries Hunter full moon. I do think it's actually not a bad time to manifest, to take charge, to decide, make decisions, lean into your options, your choices. Um, Okay, what was the other thing I was going to say? I think I was just going to say, yeah, the Patreon where I'm posting less, but it's still there. If you want to become a patron, I have not yet scheduled our October timeline jump. I've been busy as hell, but we will do one and I will let everyone know when that is. And I also, I have a medium account now. So if you want to read even more of my work, um, I think it's medium.com slash Naomi writes 931. Would love for you to check it out. And yeah, that's really what I have to offer right now. Readings are closed. I'll reopen them as soon as I feel like it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I love y'all. Bye.